Good morning, everybody. Good to have you along with us. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, who addressed the UN General Assembly this week and visited Washington yesterday, is in Canada today. He actually arrived uh, Thursday evening. On Tuesday, uh, he addressed the UN General Assembly, calling on countries to continue their support as Ukrainian troops continue to uh, fight uh, Russia's uh, advances. Uh, Canada has been a uh, big supporter of uh, Ukraine during the war, sending uh, over a billion dollars to the country in terms of military assistance and uh, helping those uh, fleeing the violence, provided by uh, uh, providing some uh, temporary uh, safe haven to Ukrainians. Uh, More than double uh, the amount of military assistance has been sent out in the form of financial assistance. It all totals up to about around $7 billion dollars. Uh, But this is about more than money, of course, in terms of supporting Ukraine. Uh, To talk about uh, this visit and where we are right now, we are joined by Dr. Oleksa Drichovich, Professor of History and Cross-Appointed at Western University and King's University College. Uh, Certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. What message do you expect Zelensky to give uh, today in Ottawa? Oh, I think it's going to be a message similar to that which we saw with, uh, particularly with the United States, um, that he's going to, one, remind Canada of its long history of supporting Ukraine. Um, listeners may not know that Ukraine was among the first nations to recognize Ukrainian independence back in 1991. So I'm sure he's going to touch on that history. Zelensky likes to use history to sort of ground a lot of what he's saying. And he's going to remind um, not just uh, those that he's speaking to, those in in Parliament, for example, but also business leaders he'll be potentially speaking to later, uh, and also the Ukrainian diaspora, uh, that um, support for Ukraine is, is the best way to stop Russia, and that he's going to thank Canada for that support, but he's also going to remind Canadians and Canada, Canadian politicians, that support still needs to happen, especially in these crucial days of the uh, Ukrainian counteroffensive. What would you say the relationship is right now between Canada and Ukraine? Um, pretty good. Um, obviously, we've seen some coldness starting to uh, sort of creep in. Obviously, in the United States, there was some uh, members, for example, of the Republican Party who uh, stymied certain attempts, for example, for Zelensky to speak to Congress. Um, that will probably not be the case here in Canada. He's supposed to, at some point, I believe, meet also with all of the leaders of the parties. Uh, it's going to be a much more friendly uh, environment. Uh, and this is sort of just going back to Canada has always been a strong ally of Ukraine, and I don't expect any of the political parties to really uh, rock the boat in that way. Support for Ukraine is something that's going to need to occur for quite a, a while, even if uh, mm-hmm. this were to end tomorrow, and it would be wonderful if it did. There's the rebuilding that would need to take place. And mm-hmm. so this is this is something I think, we. I don't think Canadians are going to be upset about this, but you know, support for Ukraine is something we need to be thinking about in the extreme long term here. Uh, indeed. And that's why one of the things you'll probably also see, and this is one reason I, I believe that Zelensky is also meeting with business leaders. He's also trying to, uh, he, he's had a series of meetings with the governor general, with also uh, leaders of the Canadian government. And I think the plan is also that part of this will be to uh, continue to see if military support is available. But a lot of that, a lot of what he is thinking is, okay, how do we help Ukraine not only rebuild after, but integrate Ukraine also with its allies after the war? 
Uh, we've already seen the how, how resilient Ukrainians are rebuilding um, their damaged cities while the war is ongoing. Um, he has always sort of said uh, it is an investment into the security of the future, that if Ukraine beats Russia, that's good for the rest of the world. And so that's something I'm sure he's going to uh, stress some more. I'm sure that's also something that's going to find a lot of uh, sort of a, a willing audience uh, as it that's going to sort of be the reality of Ukraine is that's going to need to rely on Western support to help rebuild. But that means also an opportunity for business leaders to potentially invest and um, build those relationships much stronger. I've been thinking a lot of, uh, of about the war this week, uh, uh, just mm-hmm. be- given the, the speech and, and when we heard about uh, Zelensky coming to Canada and just how this ends, how it could end. It, it feels like the, the prospect for peace is very difficult on the Ukraine side of things, given the atrocities uh, mm-hmm. committed by Russia. It makes it a very difficult prospect for Zelensky to work out a peace prospect, depending on how the details obviously matter. But it's it's very difficult given all that has happened. I think he would get a lot of pushback in his country, and rightfully so, given all that's happened. And, and that's the one thing that I think people need to remember is in Ukraine – Victory, liberation still is very popular. It's still something that is seen as the end goal for uh, the Ukrainian forces. Plus, we also have to realize that um, even if for some reason there was a reason for Ukraine to consider peace at this moment, right now the counteroffensive is still going on. They are uh, making smaller gains. They still see this as a very winnable uh, liberate, a war of liberation for their territory, whereas we have to also remember that while uh, talk of peace is something that has been floating around, Russia has made it very clear the only peace they're interested in is one that allows them to keep the territories that they have so-called annexed. And that is a non-starter for Ukraine at this point, um, as it is also for the West, uh, because it would actually then essentially reward Russia and give them more territory than they actually control. Plus, as you've mentioned, the atrocities are the big thing. We know that Russian forces are committing uh, significant atrocities. The United Nations, um, Human Rights Watch have done a great job of reporting and trying to find uh, as much as they can to make a case to show the war crimes and atrocities being taking place. Zelensky has also made that, uh, has stated that again uh, in the United Nations, also to uh, those he met in the United States. I'm sure he'll mention it also to those he meets in Canada here today. That's the one thing that's also looming in this is if Russia controls Ukrainian territory, Ukrainian lives are still at risk. I mean, is is Ukraine joining NATO? Uh, it's something that's been discussed. Um, is that more of a possibility the longer this goes, do you think? I think right now that anything like joining NATO or EU will not be on the table in any tangible way. There'll be promises made, as there have been. But the problem is for both of those uh, bodies, NATO and the EU, they require political stability, which means that Ukraine can't be at war. And the problem also is is that there's a number of nations that also still are hesitant to, for example, bring Ukraine into NATO, still fearing what could happen with what the results could be, uh, response could be from Russia. So there's still not necessarily consensus on what security guarantees, for example, would look like for Ukraine. If Ukraine defeats Russia, though, and is able to liberate that territory, that is the best case it can make for saying that they are a worthwhile partner to join both NATO and the EU and for that relationship to essentially continue to grow as opposed to be stymied by concerns about what might be next. The best way for Ukraine to promote itself is to win. We will uh, follow closely. Certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. That is Dr. Oleksa Drechevich, a professor of history, cross-appointed at Western University and King's University College.